0: Welcome to the Monday Morning Episodes. Each episode is a crisp 15 minutes or less, and it features a diverse lineup of guests, from accomplished authors and amazing practice owners, to highly respected experts, consultants, and innovative entrepreneurs in their respective industry. Now, the mission of this episode is to bring you a single extraordinary piece of advice for practice owners that's not just insightful, but also a bit unconventional possibly controversial, or even unheard of. And here's the interesting part. The advice can span across various domains. It can be about business acumen, self-development techniques, or health-related insights. So get ready for some thought-provoking, paradigm-shifting ideas that might just be the game-changer you've been looking for in your life and practice. Let's get started. Are you ready to let cutting-edge technology redefine excellence in your dental practice? Or will you let another day pass with your potential unfulfilled? In the realm of dental care, where precision and expertise are paramount, the technology supporting your practice can either propel you to excellence or pull you into a quagmire of complications. Dark Horse Tech stands at the forefront offering state-of-the-art dental technology solutions that meld with the heartbeat of your operations. They understand that in dentistry, technology is not just a tool, it's an extension of your care. Visualize this, visualize a day at your clinic where digital x-rays are processed in a blink, patient records are accessed with a single click and where your entire management system responds as quickly as your team does. Dark Horse Tech makes this a reality. They provide the technological advancements that ensure your equipment and software communicate fluently, eliminating the chance of tech-induced errors. Now, let's elevate that vision. Dark Horse Tech not only brings you the tools, but also stands by to ensure that each technological solution is a perfect fit for your unique practice needs. They offer a tailored approach, Because they believe that every dental office has its own rhythm and your tech should match that beat. And for a limited time, they're making it easier than ever to upgrade your practice. Dark Horse Tech is offering you one month of service absolutely free. It's a bold invitation to step into the future to experience how the right technology can turn a good practice into an exceptional one. So why not seize this opportunity? Embrace the potential of your practice with cutting edge solutions that promise to enhance patient care, streamline operations, and ensure that your practice runs as smoothly as the most meticulous procedure you perform. Join the ranks of many practice owners who choose Dark Horse Tech, and let them show you the impact of technology designed with your practice in mind. Claim your one month free service today and witness a transformation that will redefine patient care in your practice. Go in the show notes below, click the first link in the show notes below to check out the exclusive deal Dark Horse Tech has for you. And with Dark Horse Tech, you're not just adopting new technology, you're embracing a new standard of dental excellence.
1: Hey, so talk to us. What's one piece of advice you can give us this Monday morning? So my piece of advice would be to kind of simplify
2: everything you're doing and focus on one thing. And I think a good place to start is with yourself. So and then even with yourself, right, there's different aspects. There's your mental self, your physical self, your emotional self. And I think if you first focus on your mental self and you do what you can to get that in order and get that into a place where you have more control. Uh, I'm not talking about mind control, but <laughs> something close to that, but if you if you focus on your mental self, everything from that point, I believe flows. So um for example, myself, about two and a half years ago, I started doing therapy. I was doing it because I wanted to improve um, my relationship with my wife. Mm. and I just wanted to be a better person, I wanted to be able to support her better, but then also myself just be better. I think that was like the goal. <laughs> And what I noticed from that point on was I started creating these habits. Because my sole focus was on improving essentially my mental health or myself, I started creating a morning routine. And so that morning routine was journaling, meditating, stretching. That then led to me being more organized, more focused during the day, uh, less stressed. So that's kind of how I went into the business way of how it helped me in life. But then- Physically, um, I got into the best shape of my life. I started being more intentional about what I was eating, what I was kind of spending my time on in terms of working out, movement, stuff like that. And so just by starting on focusing on one thing by myself or on my mental health, rather, all this stuff flowed. And I think you can translate this to other aspects of your life, your business and everything because whenever you're focusing on too many things, right? And I think especially this time of year in January, Everyone's got a million goals going on. Probably by the time this thing airs, most people won't have any of their resolutions continuing. But because I made the same mistake, right? And everyone hears mm-hmm. it. And I think I've, I felt so much relief when I looked at the multiple goals that I wanted to basically achieve this year, personally and business-wise. And uh, I felt so good when I eliminated like 90% of them. Because I think people get confused on like having a goal and then actually having something to do. Right. So when you have too many goals, then there's so many things to do to achieve all of those goals. You're never going to get it done. (laughs) And I kind of just went back to my roots of like, when was there a time in my life where I was growing rapidly, feeling good about myself, achieving a lot of success. And it's back when I was just doing or focusing rather on like one thing. And so I kind of remembered that. And then I went back to it, uh, simplified the morning routine again these days to we're not trying to do 10 things before I start. It's more so just keeping it very simple, very efficient, because what happens is when you start getting those wins, those wins start to stack. And then next thing you know, when you look at it, you know, a year in review, you've achieved so much more just because you were focusing on one thing at a time and kind of chipping away at it.
1: Gotcha, man. So right now you're kind of mentioning or you're letting us know that have one thing to focus Mm -hmm. on.
0: So in a specific aspect, we have to have one thing to focus on
1: or like just in general, like I want a better life. I would say, so if you are someone who is trying to like, if you feel
2: lost and you actually don't have a sense of direction or whatnot, yes, only one thing. Because what's going to happen is you're going to pour, you know, you're going to pour more resources, more time into that one thing, your one big thing. And then from that, other things will flow, right? So (laughs) if you want to have a better love life, if you are spending a lot of your free time you know, focusing on your business, focusing on your health and like having all these diets, working out and all that stuff. And then you're then trying to find time to like do things that would help your love life. You are, it's going to take you longer to achieve that. Where is if you say, okay, the priority for right now is my love life. It doesn't mean don't do anything for the rest of your, you know, the other aspects of your life, but that yeah. should be the thing. That should be the main thing. And then once you have that, you, We'll find that when, if that is truly what you want to accomplish and like improve your happiness, and there's almost going to be like a spillover effect, right? Because we're human beings, we're dynamic. It's things are not just, you know, in solitude, but when you're able to focus on one thing, you're able to see um, more results in that area. And then from that, there will be an overflow. Because if you feel more fulfilled in your love life, you are going to probably have higher energy levels. When you have higher energy levels, you're going to be able to probably do more things, whether it's in your business or for your own health. But it all flows from that one thing where if you're trying to take your limited resource, which is energy, and then spread it out all over the place, a lot of things are just not going to really move. Yeah.
1: Could I ask this this year? Like, what is it you're the thing you're focusing
2: on? So it's right now it is I'm doing it kind of in in chapters or phases. So we're expecting our first kid in two months. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So I know that's going to be a huge change. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So basically I was like, cool. Well, since life is going to look different after that, what do, what do I need to do now to be in a place to where I can, because my big thing is all about optionality. I love having optionality. I love, you know, not having to be limited by things. And mm. so the biggest thing that I hear from parents is, you know, the biggest thing that they get a, a there's a big crunch in time and your energy because now you are kind of giving to this human being and, and you, you also, and everyone also says it's the most rewarding thing and it's they always wish they had more time when their kid was younger and they could be there. So I'm like, cool, I need to simplify other things in my life to create that space so that way when the baby is here, I can receive that. So for me, from a business standpoint, I have, or I'm trying to currently simplify all the processes in the business. So right now, my business is the online Clearliner education program. And a big arm of that is supporting the doctors in the program, but then also creating content on social media to provide free value for people. So I'm working on simplifying the content creation part and also simplifying um, the program itself. So that way it provides the most value for doctors in it but then also doesn't take up an extraordinary amount of my time to deliver that support and that value. Gotcha. Okay.
1: So this, are you only doing out the online uh, course or are you also working at a practice still?
2: Nope. So I I stepped away from clinical dentistry back in September. I was doing it full-time and then slowly went down to part-time. And then with the growth of the program and the content creation, social media, and all that, I decided to go all in on it because it's just, it's the passion of mine and it's, I feel like it's my calling to help innovate and um, help move the industry forward. And I mm-hmm. feel like a quote that kind of stuck with me or I, I don't know if it was a quote, but basically someone told me it's like, you're either working in an industry or you're working on an industry. And mm-hmm. it's hard to work on an industry when a lot of your time is kind of while you're working in it. Right. I think mm-hmm. there's kind of like a balance. So I'm kind of using this chapter in my career to kind of step away from the chair and and dedicate more time and resources into ways that I can help kind of work on the industry.
1: Yeah. Okay, man. I like that though. I like that um, part of simplifying goals because I feel like goals is like a, sometimes like a shiny, fast, cool word, right? Like, hey man, I want to have these goals when it's more um, non-negotiable standards, right? That's what it is. Like I want to have a non-negotiable standard. This is it. And then I got to reverse engineer it on how to make it happen. And it's easier to do that if you have one, right? Mm-hmm. Like one specific one, boom, did it next, right? But if you have all these big, shiny goals and you're like, man, I want to lose a ton of weight and you don't know how to do it kind of thing, right? Correct. Correct. And even just
2: like relating it to dentists, right? Like if you've got a practice and you you have a goal of you want to increase the revenue, right? Mm-hmm. Where then it's everyone always tells you, okay, well, cool. You pick a number then you reverse engineer it. How are you going to get there? Um From my personal experience, when it came to just like leveling up as a clinician, I found that when I was trying to learn how to do multiple procedures clinically at once, like when I wanted to become a better clinician, I wasn't like immersing myself in it. So I wasn't actually able to get as good as I wanted to. The example here is when I started with like implants and aligners, I pretty much learned them both at the same time. And so I was splitting my time between it implants it was a little bit longer for me to kind of get going just because it is surgery and it just you know it's very I mean it's surgery so it's 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 pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um but then with the liners I also just started to see um more success with it. And then I slowly started to like immerse myself in that. And so when I was focusing on that one procedure, it wasn't just about moving teeth. It's how do you talk to the patient? How do you get the team on board? How do you schedule them? What do you do? So I was able to like work through all that by being focused where if I was trying to like iron out implants, learn it, implement it and do aligners and like, you know, do other procedures and and work with the team and all that, it would be too much. And I know a lot of dentists probably feel that way. But I think the answer is, is like until you're like proficient in something, you should pick like one skill, whether it's business, right? Or clinical and focus on that for the year to grow. You will know when you get to a point where you can kind of, now choose a different area to focus on. So that's why it's like, I think a lot of dentists, right? Stress comes into play. There's always a lot of hats to wear, but I think kind of taking the pressure off yourself by just wanting to focus on one thing, knowing that other people are going to tell you, oh, you need to look at the KPIs. You need to look at this. You need to look at that. Yes, you do. But what you have to do in the beginning of anything new is focus on
1: one thing, get good at it, and then move on to the next. Mm, gotcha. So then how does that kind of play a role when, for example, software, right? They're like, hey, all these features and everything like that. And you're going to be able to look at your dashboard and your analytics. And then you're like, oh, because that contributes to the goal that I want to make more collections. I want to make a million dollars this, this year, right? Like I want to be a mm. million dollar in collections this year. And then you look at it. I feel like there's too many features of everything. You know what I mean? To just be like, uh, oh, we will focus on this one thing. Because then like what if your new patients drop because of the time or you know what I mean? And all this other stuff. How do we, I guess, keep our blinders on? So I would say the best thing to do in that situation is talk to someone
2: who's done it before, right? Talk to the, there's a bunch of dentists, coaches, consultants, people out there who already know what these like successful practices look like. Talk to them, ask them, hey, if you were to start over again, or if you had to go back, what is one area that you would focus on for 90 days? What is one KPI metric that you would focus on that you feel like has the highest leverage, right? When you say that, now you're able to lock in for 90 days. You're able to see that metric. And the thing that's going to happen is once you go down that rabbit hole, you're going to find all these other things along the way. So it's not that other things are going to drop off. You're just, you're shooting your shot to get better at one KPI. But then when you're doing that, your brain will start to problem solve for ways to improve that KPI. And when you're doing that, you're going to touch other parts of your practice. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like that question. Mm-hmm. What's one thing you, you know what I mean? Like for you looking back, right? Starting out, because yeah. I think you told me one time we, and uh, one of a previous episode, and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes below, but you were looking to do practice ownership, right? But then you're like, oh, I don't know, or kind of thing, right? Or an acquisition, I want to say? No, I don't know if I
2: went that route. I think it was more my, my story kind of high levels. I was always an associate, but I'd worked in a bunch of practices and so it was like, I was looking at, okay, like what can practice ownership give me that I don't currently have? Mm-hmm. Also, like, is it worth for me to go down that route with all the resources, time and everything like that? And I think I don't have a knock on practice ownership. I think it's great if you're you know, doing it the right way. But for me, this route of going into like education and like uplifting other doctors to learn this procedure was like the bigger kind of pull for me in terms of my career story. Yeah. So looking back, what's one metric you'd focus on for 90
1: days if you had to start over? Uh, as a dentist wanting to like do aligners or just as like a dentist in general? As a dentist wanting to do aligners, like what as you're de- doing, education, going down that route. I would, yeah. If I knew, if I started back and knew nothing, I would get with
2: somebody that knows how to do it, pick their brain to know what cases are easy to treat, what should you not do, right? And then, um, how to get patients to do it. I would focus on those three strategies and then the actual like metric. I would hold myself accountable to the point where every week I would start tracking how many patients did I talk to about it and how many patients said yes, like very simple. And then I guess over time I would see like how many patients on average am I talking to a week? How many are saying yes? And then from there, try to figure out, okay, why aren't they saying yes? Or how can we get more patients to say yes? Or how can I talk to more patients? You know, like mm-hmm. that's how I would do it. But how many people I talk to and how many people said yes would probably be the two metrics I'd focus on.
1: Nice. Okay, awesome. I mean, thank you so much for being with us on this Monday morning episode. If anybody had any questions or concerns, where can they reach out to you? Uh, Instagram is the easiest. My handle is dr.avi. And uh, yeah, just shoot me a DM and I'd be happy to chat. Awesome. So that's going to be in the show notes below. And Avi, thank you for being with me on this Monday morning episode. Thanks, Michael.